everyone. Welcome to another episode of Caught Between a Tie and High Heels, a transgender podcast journal where I share past experiences and new situations as I slowly step out of the closet to free myself from the tie and live my life completely in the high heels. I'm Jamie, your hostess and friendly neighborhood trans lesbian, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode here during Pride Month. Uh, and have I got something I have been... Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm. This is probably going to be a very interesting, either a very embarrassing or uh, a very uh, a big hit or not. That's probably what I'm trying to say. So you're either going to like this or you're going to be like, what the hell is she doing? So... I know that I've often told you all that I was in radio for like 22 years. I did voiceover work and that type of thing. And I actually had a list um, that I have in front of me um, that listed out a lot of the character voices that I could do. Because while I was doing, oh my gosh, I had in, uh, while I was living in Pittsburgh, I had my own production company and we were doing pretty good. And then uh, 9-11 happened um, and really like everything just sort of froze and died and I was back out of just doing radio again but I was doing a lot of radio commercials and um, I was able to do a lot of different voices and so I know that I've talked about this before I've like dropped hints here and there and I figured you know as a bonus why don't I do some of these voices for you so again, this is either going to be a hit or a huge fucking disaster. But we're going to give it a try. Um, and this is probably... Now, here's the thing. All these voices are pretty much male voices. So you're going to hear me <laughs> in my regular speaking voice. That sounds a lot like this. So instead of me trying to jump back and forth again, I am going to use my regular voice. Now... To get things started, when I first started in radio, um, my... <laughs> it's so weird me doing this in this voice. So when I first started in radio, I had a really Southern accent. I was born and raised in Virginia. Um, and yes, Virginia is part of the South, and there is an accent. And uh, usually it, it means that you don't use your upper lip a lot. Uh, to form words or letters or sounds or anything else like that. So basically what ends up happening is you sound like you've got a mouthful of marbles. And my program director said uh, as soon as they, they gave me an on-air shift, like for an hour and 15 minutes, uh, not even an hour and 20 minutes, I think, and that was really about it, on Sunday mornings. He wanted to see how I sounded like on the air. And uh, so... He uh, gave me this, and we went into my very first air check. Basically, an air check is when you take a recording of yourself of what you sound like on the air, and your program director then tells you, gives you a critique, and goes on. The first thing he said, he went into my first break, uh, me in between songs and everything, and he stopped the tape, and he goes, okay, you need to use your upper lip. You need to actually enunciate your voice and for about a year it took me a while in order for me to get used to speaking the way that I speak now how do I how did I usually speak you probably are asking 
well, I talked a lot like this, and it was like I'm going to be able to go over yonder and be able to get some wood, and there was a little bit of draw, especially when I'm around a lot of my other uh, relatives that are up in the Appalachian Mountain. Uh, I've even got one cousin. He actually makes moonshine in his basement, and there is a little bit of a twang into it and everything else. It's not like deep, you know, really kind of, uh, I don't know what, what else would be a good accent. Um Oh, man. Uh, cable guy. It's not cable guy, but this is... You definitely will get... You got to go down yonder. If you want some chicken, you got to go get yourself one out in the back. Go up the holler, because I did have... I had Ken that lived in the holler, and this is the voice that I had to get rid of. And so slowly after a period of time, that was the country voice that I had to get rid of. So that was one that I ended up doing is just regular, you know, an over-enunciation of my, my regular voice. And when I get talking to family, or if I end up finding out that I'm, I'm still, uh, again, as I'm even right now, uh, we actually just bought furniture. We bought furniture from some good old boys. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I really need me a sofa. And I'm fixing a, this one right here. This is one I want to buy. I'm fixing to buy this one and them two end tables. And I think that's going to do it. And uh, I think that's going to be a winner. And, oh, man, that looks good. That looks real good. So, yeah, th that's kind of, that's my voice. All right. So <laughs> I did uh, uh, some other Southern voices, just to stay on Southern voices really quickly. Uh, of course, there is the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, my name is Bartholomew Brickwall Lee Jackson of the Alabama Jacksons. And uh, we are just happy as a pig in mud to be able to be here and talk to you to this day. I, I will say that I am busy in a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. So, yeah, that that's uh, one guy. And then I have the real high pitch. I, I'm not really sure what part of the, the U.S. this goes into, but he's definitely out there. It's like, bowing on the freeway somewhere between Altair and Bakersville, I grew up on a mayonnaise farm. One day when I was out working in the field, my plow struck a stone. Sparks commenced and my face caught on fire. Mommy and Daddy were sitting up on the porch laughing. Finally, Daddy came down and put my face out with a rake. <laughs> That's why I look like this. So there's that voice that I started doing as well. Um, <laughs> so I call him Clem. He's just, his name is Clem. Uh, I have here in notes, high southern accent. So there you go. Um, and then also one of the things, that was when I first got into radio. Now, before that, when I was a kid... Um, I've got to make, I've got to make notes here. So I did Clem, I did Bartholomew, I did my regular voice, um, the regular Southern. Uh, so let's move on to, um, some of the imitations that I would do. Now I watched a buttload of Monty Python when I was a kid. I still watch Monty, Monty Python, Flying Circus, any of the movies. Uh, I just, yeah, I cut my teeth on it. And these are like, these are guys that I wanted to be like no matter what. And I will tell you right now, if I were in England in front of actual British citizens or subjects um, of Her Majesty, there's no way in God's career that I would do this. But since uh, I'm not having to look at you and I'm just staring at myself in the computer reflection, here we go. So uh, one of the ones that I really liked was there was the uh, skit where the two old ladies start uh, hashing out their, their hardships about being mothers. They're in a museum, and they're just talking about how awful their kids are. And 
the one I just really love was the one that I think it was John Cleese and, and it was uh, uh, Graham Chapman and they were going back and forth and it's like, I took little Joey to the new Renaissance exhibit yesterday and he threw him all over the statues they did. So, yeah. The, it's, so that's, that was just something that I came off of memory. Bloody Vikings! You know, basically. Spam, spam, spam. Um, the, the, uh, and of course, Mr. Gummy was like, oh! My brain itches! You know, and that was uh, another uh, big one that I used to do at school. People loved that. They thought that was really, uh, that was something else. Um, my biggest thing, staying in the British Isles, uh, and this was something else that, again, I find something that I really like, and I try to uh, imitate it. And so the, uh, I can't believe I'm going to do this for you. This is really embarrassing, but I like, I really love um, Fat Bastard. And I know that that is not the epitome of of Scottish people, but it's just a really funny Scottish accent. It's like, oh, that's great. Is that all I get for a night of hot sex? Listen, boy, don't think that your old dad's going to take that wee beast around the block, okay? So there's that part. And then I tried to actually, when I was finding my Jamie voice, I was trying to figure out why uh, I, I, I've i always studied how guys say words. So every time, every time I was trying to do a Scottish accent in a, my feminine voice, it would come out as Mrs. Doubtfire. It's like, yes, hello, dear. It's great to be here. I really like doing exactly the show. Uh, and it's great. I, you know, sometimes I read a good book and it's a, a lot of interesting romance and, and uh, within it. But I don't like the fantasy books. Those are no good. No, no. I do like a weird romance novel, if you know what I mean. Right. So it's a, uh, it's uh, to me, that's Mrs. Doubtfair. I can't. Oh, hello there. You know, it's, I can't. I can't do that. So but yes. So there's my um, and I do remember what was really funny was is that um when I went to Scotland and I took a trip, uh, a bus ride, a day trip to uh, Hadrian's Wall. And I loved our driver. I could listen to him all freaking day long. And he was talking about his, uh, when he grew up in school, it's like, yo, the teacher, she had a stick in one hand and a book in the other. And she's like, get your studies. You know, and it was like, I could not, I, I was breaking up. I was doing everything I could to not, to keep from laughing out loud. But it was just, I could listen to him all freaking day. Now, another movie, uh, a co- movie star that I absolutely love, being Scottish, I love Sean Connery. Now, I have a bit of a story I got to tell you with this, was that when I was married to my first wife, things were not really going so hot. Okay, 15 years, things were not going hot. We were sitting around a dining room table with her four other siblings, and we were talking about the conversation turned to movie stars that really were awesome, really hot, that we would want to get with, we think are just totally sexy. Goes all the way around the table, finally gets to my my uh, my then, now ex-wife, my then wife, and she goes, I know he's older, but man, that's Sean Connery. <clears throat> he's really something. And then she perks up real quick, snaps her fingers and points him at me, and she goes, that's what you can do. I'll close my eyes and you talk like Sean Connery. And I'm like, you know, so not only is the sight of me repulsive to you, but also the sound of my voice. I'm like, motherfuck, man, you know? So I was so hard up after watching every Sean Connery movie that I could possibly do 
I came up to her one time and put my hands over her eyes and was like, Hello, Dr. Bronx. It's not like I'm proposing marriage, but I know you want a meal and a bath. Still, didn't didn't even work. So, and that's why she's an ex. So, um, <laughs> again, these aren't the best. I don't even have a popper protector on it. You know, so all these, these things are probably hurting your ears, and I apologize ahead of time, but we're, we're I'm going to try and get with it. Uh, another one, a uh, very profound movie that that made a lot of um, impact on me with just the cinematography and the the magic of movies was The Godfather. And Marlon Brando, everybody does this, but it was just, for me, it was something, so you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and you ask this favor of me. I will make him an offer he can't refuse. So that's one that I really, I every once in a while I, I have to break out uh, if I'm doing impersonations. Um, that was one that I <laughs> that I always end up. Now, another one, uh, because I always love comedians and everything else, Will Ferrell does, uh, and I also happen to love old baseball, American baseball. Now, what I love about American baseball, bef- the early years, was that players were playing because they loved the game. And that means that the announcers were older uh, players but there were people that got just as excited, and my favorite announcer of all time was Harry Carey. Will Ferrell does a over-the-top impersonation of Harry Carey. Harry Carey, by the way, for those of you who don't know, uh, he was the uh, color commentator and basically the, the call player for and the voice of the Chicago Cubs. And I love Harry. I just thought he was just such a cool guy. I saw him on David Letterman. I'm like, what is with this guy? Him and Bob Euchre, they're in their own little world as far as I'm concerned. I think uh, uh, Bob Euchre was with the Milwaukee Twins, I think. I could be wrong. But Bob Euchre is that guy who's like, you know, um, just a bit outside. Tried for the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Ball 12. You know, that's that's Bob Euchre. Um, so Will Ferrell does this over the top. Harry Carey is like, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the program. You know, if the boat was made out of green cheese, would you eat it? I know I would. I'd wash it down with a nice cold Budweiser. You know, my friends call me Whiskers because I'm curious like a cat. So there's Will Ferrell's uh, Harry Carey. <laughs> Jesus. Some of these I have not done in years. I want to let you know that. I'm breaking this out especially for you. I have not done these. Um, okay, I did a radio bit called Mike Tyson's Prison Diary. And so this was when he was in prison. And we thought it would be funny. It's like, what is Mike Tyson's Prison Diary going to look like? And so it's like... Only two fun and four more days to go. I'm marking the days off my new Queen Lativa calendar. Oh, baby, she's hot. You know, yesterday I got in trouble for signing autographs in a cafeteria. So now I can't have a fruit cup for a whole week. <laughs> so there you go. That's, again, not a good Mike Tyson, I don't think. I don't think that's a good Mike Tyson at all. But there you go. Uh, let's see. Okay, cartoon characters. Uh, so, again, you watch a lot of cartoons. I I love um, just certain voices. And um, so I don't know if any of you are familiar with King of the Hill. Uh, Hank Hill, the voice for that, actually started on Beavis and Butthead. 
And when, um, oh my God, the guy's name completely, the guy who created uh, Beavis and Butthead, I can see his face. I, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I he owes he get should get major credit for all of this, but he did this voice for this guy, and it later became Hank Hill. The same voice, like Bobby, go get my shotgun. You know, if you try some propane, that would actually be a high quality product. But he also ended up doing, it was like, are you those boys that are whacking off in my tool shed? And they're like, Beavis and Buttheads are painting his cap blue. Get the hell out of my yard, god damn it. You know, so there you go. That's There's uh, Hank Hill and whatever the guy's name was in Beavis and Butthead. Um, okay. <laughs> now comes one of my favorites that I like. Um... Ever since Family Guy came onto the the air, I have just been absolutely in love with these characters. And like him or love him, Seth MacFarlane has done some pretty off-color jokes. There's been some trans jokes and everything else. Quagmire's dad, Quagmire's dad is uh, transgender. And so there's been a lot of jokes at his expense and that type of stuff. But also at the same time, they did a live show and uh, they made fun of Marley Maitland uh, or Matlin. I, I don't Maitland, Matlin. I'm not sure I'm mispronouncing her last name. But Marley came on stage after they were doing a joke with her uh, or on her or about her and basically did a riot act. You could tell it was scripted because Seth is in the back just laughing his ass off. But, yeah, it was, you got to take with a grain of salt, I guess. Anyway, I I love some of these characters. Um, there's <laughs> there's one in particular, uh, it was very early on, and there was a scene between Peter and Stewie. Now, Peter's trying to get Stewie to go to the potty. And I'm going to try and do this uh, and see if I can do this. I have not done these voices in a very long time, so you got to bear with me. Um... And uh, I'm also working without... I tried doing this earlier with my Invisalign aligners, and it was awful. It sounded like I have a, a big bag of rocks in my mouth. But um, I'm going to do a little narration to let you know what was going on. If you've never seen this, at least you'll get an idea as to how this the scene is, what's actually happening in the scene. All right. Here we go. I'm going to try and do this in one take. I doubt very seriously it's going to work, but here we go. Come on, Stewie. Don't you want to pee in a toilet bowl like a big boy? Well, perhaps I could give it the old college try. Why don't you put your hands right there? Stewie pats the toilet seat. You'll help me relax. Okay, buddy. <laughs> ah! Stewie slams the toilet seat lid on Peter's hands. Huh. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to pee. Hey, I ought to just give you some beer. It'll go right through you. Wonderful. And while we're at it, we can light up a doobie and watch porn. Yeah? Listen, you. I'll use these facilities when I'm damn well ready. Until then, you should continue to sanitize my crevasse and be damn grateful for the opportunity. Starting right... <clears throat> well, not now, but soon. So there you go. There's that whole scene. So that's my best uh, Peter and Stewie at 1.25 a.m. There you go. <laughs> I love that scene, though. It's very funny. Uh, of course, Seth does it way better than I am. That's why he's getting paid the big bucks. 
Um, then there was characters that I just like started doing like goofy uh, voices. Like I have, Keith, everybody, I'm so stoked to be here. How my name's Steve Stevens. I really like being on the show. You know, when you do start doing a podcast, you got to make sure that you're having all the right equipment. You got to have the right headphones and the microphone. It's so cool. You know, I got a little setup in my basement so I can get all the sounds and everything. And I can get a little boombox going and like the sounds are good. So there's that. Um, that was, uh, that's my Steve Stevens. Um, also when I was a kid, I loved the little clay stop animation, um, <laughs> of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, when they go to the Island of Misfit Toys. And there was one voice that actually stood out among everything. Here on the Island of Misfit Toys, nobody likes the Charlie in the box. So there's, I, I love doing that one. That was really good. Um, I, I just always, I annoyed the shit out of my mom for the longest time, uh, to do that one. And, uh, then you started getting into the, like, you know, uh, you see characters like, hello, sir, I'd like to be able to help you with your experiment, but I'm, I'm all thumbs today, professor. You know, there's something, you know, like an Igor, Igor kind of a guy, um, and then there's accents. Now, I absolutely love accents. And uh, this is actually one of the few that I can do uh, in a sort of uh, female voice. So one of the biggest ones I like is uh, like from Minnesota. So there you go. Sally, Jesse, she's getting on TV telling us all these things. You know, it's just terrible. I'm trying to make my tapioca pudding over here and it's just not going to work. Every time we go down to the bowling alley, somebody's lost a tire, don't you know? So it's just not, uh, there's no good there. Hey, tell your mom I says hi, okay? So there, <laughs> so that, that's kind of, then I did a, a, um, a very stereotypical Russian accent. It's like, yes, I would like to have women strong with plow, able to have 15, maybe 27 children, able to fix automobile. Uh, so there's, a, and, and it was really funny because I started reading, um, I started reading Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe is like one of my favorites. And one of the big things they said, when you do voiceover work, you should be able to, um, you should be able to read something in that character voice. So once upon midnight dreary while pondering weak and weary over many quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I say. I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this, and nothing more. So, there you go. There's, uh, with that one. Oh, boy. Um, I feel like I'm getting myself more and more trouble with these as I keep going on. But, you know, why not? Oh, another uh, Monty Python, Michael Baldwin Bruce, Michael Baldwin Bruce, Michael Baldwin Bruce. Hey, Michael, you mind if we call you Bruce? Just make things a lot easier. Uh, Good day there. I'd like to be able to say that this accent came directly from Monty Python. But I watched a lot of Crocodile Dundee when I was a kid. And, of course, it was a big influence of us over here in the... uh, in the U.S. So, let's see. Uh, I have <laughs> I have a German accent, but there, uh, it's also extremely stereotypical. 
Uh, but I did it for a, a commercial um, where I had to, I was told, now this is what my producer told me, we need a Nazi. So they, they set the scene and a Nazi is basically um, uh, a, 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 a SS uh, soldier is, and again, this is all audio. So this is like theater of the mind, if you will. Um, that my producer says, okay, we need a, 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 a German Nazi voice. And uh, so I t- started talking like this, and it's like, tell me where the papers are, Doctor Jones. And you know, you you start to get very, uh, and you and get in. So this is already after I came back from Germany, and I mean no offense, because I know Frankfurt. You always, uh, and I feel bad um, doing this, but again, it was a very American stereotypical of that. I feel like I have to apologize for doing these, and I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to be stereotypical for any of this. I'm just trying to do some voices. Um, oh, my gosh. Let's see. I did Minnesota. I did Russian. Um, I did the Southern accents for you. Uh, that was actually something that was uh, – and, and actually um, – did I do British? I did a British woman. Um, oh, the – I did not do a, just a regular British accent. Okay, so let's get Edgar Allan Poe back out. And I'll see what I can do as far as a British accent, and hopefully it will be okay. I did get a compliment. I'll tell you what the compliment was after after I read this. Ah, uh, distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought, upon, wrought its ghost upon the upon the floor, Eagerly I wish the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow from my book's secrease of sorrow, sorrow from the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom their angels named Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And then the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic tears never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor!' Entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. So, I again, I I kind of have to go. That was actually, I think, the last voice that I heard. I don't know what the regions are. I you know it's like I, hey, listen, oi. You know, I, there's a little bit of that, but again, I've got to talk to someone or I've got to hear that voice in order to be able to start. And once I hear it, then I can run with it. And the compliment that I ended up getting was um, that I, uh, a friend of mine who is from Manchester, he moved to uh, Pennsylvania and him and I look extremely alike. And this is when I was still married to my uh, first wife. And so... <laughs> We played a joke, and uh, I he gave me the best compliment that I think I've ever gotten from a uh, uh, a person that was born in, in England. Um, he said that I was able to he was a, that I was the only American that he knew that I was able to pick an accent or a region and stay in that region. And so I I took that as a very big compliment. I hope I just did it there. If not, I I've completely embarrassed myself, um, and uh, I promise I will never do that again. But uh, there you go. So those are a handful of the 82 that I had on this list. Um, some of them I know I would need to really work on a little bit more in order to present them. But I told you that I would do something specific. 
And so that's why I'm going to be moving back into my Jamie voice for the end of this show. And uh, I really hope that that was more of a treat and not a, a, a turnoff or something that was, uh, like I said, a disaster. Hopefully it was a triumph and you had fun. It was just something to be something cute. And uh, I, I have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing voiceover work. I really wish that I could do it. I do it every once in a while, but mainly it's for uh, using my regular voice. And if you're interested, I will put a poll up. If you want to hear a couple more, I promise that I will work on a few more. Um, or what I can do is I can actually, my I'm still in touch with my producer uh, when I was at the radio station, and I can actually try to see if I can play a couple of commercials for you um, so you can hear what I sounded like actually doing a full production piece. Uh, so if you're interested in that, I really would like to hear from you. I'm going to try and see if I can put a poll up in, on the uh, Facebook page. So definitely go there and uh, let me know what you think, okay? I hope you had fun listening to these. It's been a long time since I've done these. Oh, one last thing I wanted to do. Sounds. So I have to get a drink of water for this one because, uh, again, I have not done this in years. So watching a lot of cop shows, you end up hearing um, a CB sound. And so I started to imitate a CB sound. And it went a little something like this. God, I haven't been doing that for a long time. Hold on. So we have that. So, again, I have not done that in a long time, and I'm, like, grotesquely congested. Normally, I have to be a little less congested in order for that to go well. But it was really funny because you can start messing with people going through the drive through line. And I did this literally, I don't know, probably three dozen times. But you get in there, and you, you get up to the microphone, and you're like... And then the lady, you know, that's taking your order is basically saying, I'm sorry, sir, I can't understand you. I, I can't understand you. Just pull around. And go after going through that for like four minutes, they're telling you, just pull around. So I get up, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on in your microphone or anything else like that. When we were kids, we thought that was the funniest thing uh, to do is just uh, go and have fun at other people's expenses. So anyway, it was great talking with you. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, not meaning to offend anyone. Just want to make people laugh for a little while. That's really all I really want to do. I will talk with you next time and look forward to it. Until then, toodles. If you enjoyed this episode, there are a few ways you can help us continue making great content. You can buy us a coffee at buymecoffee.com forward slash Harry Rump. You can purchase some quality shirts and accessories at Harry Rump's House of Stuff or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Harry Rump's House of Stuff. You can also do all those and contact us on our website at tyinhighheels.com. You can always find us on Instagram and Facebook at tyinhighheels. And don't forget to give us a review on iTunes. And email all of your comments and questions at jamie, J-A-I-M-E-E, at tyinhighheels.com. And as always, happy listening! And if you were wondering, no, I did not finish the Stewie and Peter Griffin thing, a little scene in one take. So here's what some of it sounded like.
Ah, oh, come on, Stewie. Don't you want to pee in a potty? Ah, oh, come on, Stewie. Don't you want to go potty and... Toilet bowl, toilet bowl, toilet bowl. Not potty, toilet bowl, toilet bowl. Ah, oh, come on, Stewie. Don't you want to go potty and... Oh, fuck. Listen, fat man. Until then, you should... Until then, you should... Fuck. Until then, you should... Until then, you should continue to sanitize my crevasse. Oh, Jesus. Now I'm overdoing it. Until then, you should take it. Oh, that's it.